Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. My name is David Lally. I'm the producer of the show, and I know we may be in challenging times, but that's just why we've been working on shows to keep us upbeat and focused on the good stuff. Let's listen in. Well, the top of the morning to you. Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. We have a very special guest on our program today. He is the Attorney General of the great state of Nevada. And Dr. Aaron Ford is a man who has come from very humble beginnings and just really has a resume that if we took the entire 30 minutes today, I could spend the 30 minutes on his tremendous success. He's married with four kids. He's coached soccer, which is probably closest to my heart. Graduated from Texas A&M and has his JD and his PhD from The Ohio State University. And so he's been the majority leader and the minority leader and the assistant majority whip in Nevada and now is the attorney general. And we just thought it would be a great idea to have General Ford on today to talk about many of the issues that many people in many states are facing and uh, perhaps get this very specific focus from the perspective of an attorney general. What's actually happening behind the scenes, what's taking place, and then ultimately some of the things we need to be aware of, especially in the real estate side of things, and also be aware of some of the scams that are out there and things like that. Obviously, when there's a crisis, a lot of the bad guys try to take advantage of the situation too. So Attorney General Ford, we're just really honored to have you on the program today. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. Great. I'd like to dive in. Uh, Nevada hasn't been the hottest spot in the entire country for the coronavirus But like everyone else, you've had to have your share of challenges here, very serious challenges with this pandemic. Can you tell us what your office has been doing to protect the people in your state? Give us a little perspective on how the Attorney General's office works. Absolutely. Again, Brian, thanks for having me on. This is an important conversation to be having uh, among all types of industries. and So uh, great to be on to discuss this. But you're right. uh, Nevada's been hit quite uh, hard with the COVID-19 scenario, and our office has been uh, to use a, a phrase most folks are familiar with now, an essential operation, if you will. Our, our folks have remained on call, although we've been teleworking for the last few months. We've not had a shortage of work, whether it's dealing with price fixing or price gouging, I should say, whether it's dealing with uh, probably near and dear to your listening audience's heart, evictions and foreclosure issues, both from the tenant side, but also from the landlord and uh, mortgage holder side, um, or whether it's just dealing with scams and fraud attempts that are coming up through the internet and otherwise, uh, our office has been intimately engaged in protecting uh, our residents here in the state. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure at times you feel like you're putting your finger in the dike, right? Because the, the crooks can be very creative, and, and I'm sure they're coming up with new scams by the day. Let me ask you this. How are you guys coordinating this with everybody working from home? Yeah, you know, as you indicated, most of, most other places are having to find ways to uh, accommodate the new reality for now. And one of the things that we did early on was to start developing a plan uh, that would allow the approximate 400 folks in my office to be flexible with their work schedules. Uh, and so for the latter part of the month of March through the beginning of April, we still had some coming into the office. But as the pandemic continued to worsen, we had to develop a plan that, that allowed folks to either take administrative leave or to telework from home, uh, which meant obviously working within the government confines of VPNs and our Internet and everything else. And, and those are not just confines, those are, those are constraints at some level. Uh, so uh, the vast majority of our folks are now working from home, uh, able to utilize uh, our VPN, our virtual private networks, to log in to continue to do the work. Uh, we're still at the beck and call of our clients, though. So, you know, we represent every administrative agency in the state. I personally am, am counsel to the governor and the other constitutional officers, and so we 
have to take the opportunity to jump on the call, to engage in emails and to correspondence back and forth, uh, to do research, to draft up documents, uh, directives in particular for this particular scenario. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting change, if you will, in the way that we have to do work. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think we've been effective at it and we continue to do the job uh, that the state requires. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating times. And I know in helping the governor out, these governors all have to make so many tough decisions every day. It seems like, you know, a, a dilemma is a choice between two undesirables. And it seems like every day there's undesirable decisions that have to be made one way or the other. It's very difficult times. But l- let me ask you this. You know, there are a lot of little scams out there. There's also big scams and there's there's scams that are coming into real estate now, especially wire transfers. And we have issues going on with title and things like that. What can our audience do and who, who can people look to if they feel they've been approached with somebody with a fraudulent product or service or something that smells like a scam to them? Well, I appreciate that opportunity to, to, to pitch our 800 hotline number and our website. Uh, the 800 number for all complaints, whether it be from individuals or from businesses, is 888-434-9989. Again, that's 888-434-9989. Um, or you can go to our website at ag.nv.gov, and you can file a complaint. Uh, our jurisdiction mm-hmm. uh, is not uh, plenary within our state, but we work with all other agencies in our state, and if, if we mm. need to uh, direct someone or redirect someone to a different agency, whether it be the federal agency or uh, a local um, police affiliate, then we can do that as well. In fact, we're working with the U.S. Uh, attorney right now, Nick Trutanage, and I have a great working relationship, and we have developed a... COVID-19 scam uh, clearinghouse of sorts, task force where yeah. uh, my office is engaged, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office is engaged, the DEA is engaged, other law enforcement agencies are engaged, and, and my office itself is serving as a clearinghouse where we'll receive these complaints to the 800 number that I just uh, relayed to you, mm-hmm. uh, the, the online complaint system there, and uh, depending upon whose jurisdiction that particular complaint falls, we will direct the complaint that way uh, or, or otherwise utilize our resources to assist in these types of areas. So that's the best way to get to get in touch with us. You know, I have a, a lot of social media friends on Facebook and on Twitter and on whatever the case may be, and I get a lot of, of DMs or, or, or personal messages. <laughs> Let me say that is not that is not the best way to get your <laughs> your, your, your situation addressed. Uh, you know, I do uh, endeavor to respond when I can, but trust me, that is not the best way. What you should do is call eight 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 four three four nine nine eight nine or visit our website at ag.mv.gov. Uh, and you can click on the complaint link, uh, and we will try to take it from there. Good. No DMs. Call a hotline. That's the rule. Okay. It, it, it does not go down in my DM. <laughs> <laughs> we all love to visit Vegas, and um, you know, I, I've I've probably I don't know. I, uh, conferences wise, I think I've done over a hundred conferences, spoken at or or held in the city of Las Vegas, and so it's a very important city to the United States and to the world. And it's right dab in the in the heart of Nevada there. Obviously, COVID-19 poses a very unique threat to that particular city, being as that people come from all over the country and all over the world. Where do you think we are? I mean, is this is it a standing eight count for the city of Las Vegas or is it is it more serious than that? Our state's motto is the battleborn state. And we, we live and die by that and mm. more living than dying. I'm happy to say um, mm-hmm. this this. The issue here is obviously affecting everybody in our state, brothers, sisters, families, friends, and co-workers. And Nevada, especially Las Vegas, has been dealt with an especially tough blow because of the industries that are being affected here. 
entertainment industry has been put on hold. Mm-hmm. Casinos have been closed, uh, restaurants have been shuttered, and, and concerts have been canceled. So uh, obviously the lifeblood is something that uh, we're quite concerned about. But, but I'm proud to say that through it all, Nevadans are working together. Uh, they're helping each other through these unprecedented times. Uh, we are working together to create and to find safety measures. Our hotels are finding ways to provide safe environments for the guests. Many have already come forward, in fact, with plans to lower their capacity, to screen at their doors, to power down adjacent slot machines, for example, and to take extra cleaning measures to uh, keep their guests healthy and safe. Uh, And frankly, I anticipate that we'll continue to enforce these measures for as long as they're needed. Uh, It's going to take some time, uh, but but I think that Las Vegas will come back um, as strong as ever. Timetables are impossible, it seems like. Everything's week by week, but... When do you think a convention might be held back in, in Las Vegas again? You know, I'm fond of uh, these days uh, having to say that's not my cheese. <laughs> in yeah, other words, no, I, I don't, no. you know, that's, that's above my pay grade. Um, yeah. What I can say is this. I know that the governor um, and all of the other decision makers in this particular arena uh, are governed by and looking at the medical professionals for uh, mm. information on, on how best to proceed. Uh, every decision that the governor has made that, that you know I've helped to advise on is based on the best way to mitigate. And I use the word mitigate purposefully because clearly it's not eliminate. We can't eliminate mm-hmm. the threat of mm-hmm. uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus, but we can mitigate it. And so closing down casinos early on uh, to uh, reduce the opportunities for social interactions is something that he did to mitigate uh, to the greatest extent possible uh, the spread of this particular disease. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, looking at what the medical professionals are telling us has led us uh, to the ability of being able to enter phase one uh, and I put that in quotes, as the governor has called it, and the mm-hmm. road um, to recovery, where certain establishments are being able to or being allowed to open at uh, different levels of capacity, uh, with strict social distancing guidelines being um, in place, uh, and that's going to continue being the case. I don't know what the timeline looks like. The timeline is going to be mm-hmm. dictated by uh, how well Nevadans uh, continue to adhere to social distancing guidelines and sanitary um, uh, restrictions or or suggestions. Uh, and um, how frequently we are able to look at a trend and see it going downward. Uh, we have to be patient mm-hmm. with it, understanding that lives are more important uh, than profits, and that's something that I think most Nevadans are, are, have taken to heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in talking about Nevada, talking about the state, you know, during the 2008 mortgage meltdown and there's just severe, you know, rash of foreclosures and short sales all over North America, Nevada had gone through a precipitous expansion and so it was somewhat exposed and really the state got hit hard and almost harder than anybody in a lot of ways from the the past housing crisis to the lessons of where we are today with an economic crisis that's come from a health crisis what lessons do you think there are from the past challenges we have with foreclosures and the short sales and a housing crisis that we can learn and bring forward to today Absolutely. You know, you're right. When the previous uh, housing crisis hit, uh, it hit Nevada and every state around the country hard. And countless Nevadans uh, were living paycheck to paycheck then, and they lost their homes. Many people thought that the devastation to the market could not be undone. Uh, You saw the onset of foreclosure mediation program that was developed legislatively uh, that began to try to um, serve as a mediator, if you will, between banks and homeowners to try to rectify those situations. And, uh, you know, we had to come up with some creative ways to address that issue. Mm-hmm. This crisis, or that crisis, is not unlike what we're facing now. You know, we, we have parents sitting around the kitchen table wondering how they're going to continue to feed their, their families. And once again, we are having people losing their homes, 
uh, and faced with eviction. We, we anticipate that happening. Now, right now, we are in the middle of a uh, moratorium on both evictions and foreclosures, but we know post-moratorium, we're going to see more than likely an onslaught of evictions and or foreclosures. And so we're, we're looking to find proactive ways to address that. Mm-hmm. The governor and my office are doing everything we can to help with these individuals right now and the families with the statewide eviction moratorium plan, as I've indicated, uh, as, as well as utilizing my settlement fund. Um, I say my, I mean the Attorney General's office settlement fund mm-hmm. uh, with rental assistance funding. And I think mm-hmm. that one of the lessons that we take away from the last crisis is that, although it'll take time, we will recover. You know, something positive that resulted from the previous housing crisis uh, arose through the National Mortgage Settlement Program from February of 2012. And that's when a coalition of 49 different attorneys general and the D- and D.C. and the federal government announced a historic joint settlement of $25 billion to address mortgage servicing, uh, foreclosure issues, and bankruptcy abuses. Uh, we settled mm-hmm. uh, with the country's five largest mortgage services back then, and uh, we were able to develop a program called Home Again. We are in the midst of revamping that program and, and, and getting it ready for being utilized in the aftermath of this particular crisis as well. So those are some of the things that happened last go around that are helpful to us this go around. And uh, the final thing I'll say on this, uh, this note is that uh, it's, it's an all-hands-on-deck approach. Uh, my office is already engaged in the task force, a working group with organizations such as uh, the Realtors Association locally, the Apartment mm-hmm. Association. Uh, we're working with the Culinary Union. We're working with the State Treasurer's Office with legal aid and several other entities to see if we can come up with, again, proactive solutions to what we anticipate happening um, in the aftermath of this particular uh, pandemic. Yeah. You know, I think about this, this Home Again program, you know, you guys got 49 attorney generals to agree on something. That's got to be a historic experience to start with. Yeah, you know? sometimes I have a hard time convincing myself. So, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And it looks like that a, a version of that or did that program just never go away? Or is that program getting revitalized? Yeah, no, it, it, it hasn't gone away. You know, we've been able to uh, keep keep it uh, moving through settlement funds that were secured through that last program that I just announced to you. Uh, and, you know, if you allow me just a couple of minutes to talk about the program a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, and yeah. So what, it, what we do through the Home Again uh, Nevada Home Owner Relief Program is a, it's a free public service uh, that's sponsored by my office, and it helps educate Nevadans on housing resources that can be available to them, and it also provides a variety of helpful services. The program is a partnership between my office, the Office of Attorney General, Money Management International, Nevada Legal Services, Legal Aid of Southern Nevada, and other participating entities, including HUD. And the program is designed for those planning to buy their first home, those seeking credit restoration, which in the aftermath of this is going to be that much more important, and those also looking to modify their home loan, which again is going to be something important for us to consider in the aftermath of this pandemic. Uh, It's also uh, designed as a program that can assist with first-time home buyer education, and it can see if you are eligible for down payment assistance. There's a different 800 number or 855 number that I'll offer to your listening audience right now for the Home Again hotline, and that's 855-457-4638. Again, 855-457-4638. And I commend that number to your listening audience to share with others who may be in need of the Home Again program. Sure. Well, and obviously we're out there trying to support the the housing community and We'll keep pumping those numbers out and keep them off your DMs. That's that's the goal. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting. I we interviewed Dr. Carson with HUD a few weeks ago, 
And it's been interesting to see just how aware and how connected people in, in government are to the housing market and its influence and importance. You know, it's interesting at this time that it's the stay-at-home orders. And I think people's homes and where they live and where they rent has become even more crucial and more vital to people during this pandemic than maybe even before. You know, and it's become the lifeboat, the safe haven. And I think any measures we can take to support people in their housing and support people to, to feel secure in their housing, I think, is, is a very powerful thing. So appreciate all your guys' efforts in that. In fact, I, I saw something here. Explain this one to me, that you guys were able to give $2 million to the United Way to help with emergency rental assistance. How, how did that work? Yeah, no, thank you for highlighting that. You know, and, and before I answer that, I also want to give credit where it's due. You know, as the governor was working and thinking through different ways that we can assist Nevadans, and by Nevadans, I don't mean just individuals. I mean our companies here as well. You know, we brought in proactively uh, the Realtors Group, the Apartment Association, and came up with language that, that we thought mm. uh, would be helpful during the pandemic. And, and again, we're working right now proactively with those same groups because we understand that this is a burden for everybody. And so the, the eviction moratorium and the foreclosure moratorium applied not only to individuals, but it applied to businesses as well. So that's something that you should also uh, let your business owners know about to the extent that mm-hmm. they are having problems. This applies to them. Uh, but moving to your question, yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, we use settlement funds to provide $2 million to United Way, which is essentially serving as an administrator. Um, and they have doled mm. this, this money out to northern and southern and rural and urban Nevada, the different entities that are now helping with rental assistance programs. Uh, the public health emergency, as you know, is also an economic emergency for hundreds of thousands of mm. Nevadans uh, throughout every corner of the state. So uh, recognizing that thousands of Nevadans have lost their jobs, have have been furloughed or have had their hours drastically cut uh, due to no fault of their own, we developed this program that allows different entities to distribute monies through pre-existing programs that, that exist. But you can go to the United Way's website, yeah. and, and they have a delineated list of entities that received these funds that had already had pre-existing rental assistance programs available to residents in our state, and now those monies have been augmented by $2 million from uh, settlement funds that my office uh, has secured. And, and you may or may not know this, but is that something United Way is doing throughout the country and working with organizations and state agencies like yourself? Well, I don't know if United Way is elsewhere. This was something that my office extended to United Way. I'm certain there are other attorney general offices throughout the state that are looking for partnerships with other uh, nonprofits and, and mm-hmm. community-based organizations. Um, and so that's that, that's what that, that's probably what's happening right now elsewhere. I don't know if it's with United Way particularly, but well, we'll we'll it'll be a resource for our folks to go research if they've got folks they need to help out and get information to. That's another great source. You know, I got to tell you this: I, I've looked at the list of all the things your office has done, remarkable stuff on behalf of your constituents. But I'm a son of a house painter. I'm an immigrant from Ireland. I'm a fifth generation house painter, and I said to my wife a few weeks ago, I said, "You know who has a lot of this PPE? Are the paint companies." And I said, I wonder if anybody's doing that. And so I saw in this, you know, I, you have this great list of things you've done and all these things you've done with the Treasury and on behalf of uh, your constituents and whatever else. But I saw you went to Sherman Williams and got PPE from Sherman Williams Paint Company to the first responders. Now, I just kind of dig that idea. I got to tell you, because I was I was saying the same thing to my wife. How, how did you guys come up with that idea? You know, frankly, it's it's through pre-existing uh, relationships, and, and it's all mm. about cultivating relationships with folks. The, the Some of the folks I knew from Sherwin-Williams uh, and I had a conversation. Sherwin-Williams, um, obviously, you know, as a paint 
organization has a lot of these things, uh, these masks and whatnot. And so they reached out looking for opportunities to work with us. Uh, and they were able to deliver 5,000 units of gloves and masks. And I was able to facilitate that going out through our National Guard and being distributed to uh, first responders throughout the state. You know, it was a great mm. opportunity for participation and for assistance to folks in our state. Uh, and we appreciate Sheridan Williams for doing that. They didn't have to. You know, it, it, there was also another yeah. example of Aaron's Rents or Aaron's Incorporated, uh, which runs Aaron's rental, um, uh, furniture rentals throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and my office working together to deliver 500 mattresses to um, shelters throughout our state, whether they were homeless shelters mm-hmm. or uh, shelters to protect victims and survivors of domestic violence or, or other types of shelters out there. We, we were able to facilitate the delivery of 500 brand new mattresses Box springs and whatnot, and we're working with other organizations as well. Um, I'll have to leave them nameless until we roll out the program. But there are a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. for public-private partnerships, um, and so building on these relationships that uh, I have personally cultivated, or my office has cultivated with other entities over time, I think uh, is an important opportunity that we can capitalize on to help Nevada. Sure. Well, I think you're, you're touching on something. I think that you know, there's a lot of things. That I think will there will be things that bounce back to some form of normalcy, Lord willing, at some point in time. But there's going to be some things that are changed, you know. And there, I think we're going to see more people working from home. We think other Zoom type technologies are going to continue to grow. Another seven or eight different types mm-hmm. of organizations out there to provide that. But also, this whole dynamic of public and private partnerships seems to have expanded significantly, where. You know, companies that are typically for profit and or trying to drive shareholder value or whatever else or or just independent smaller businesses like myself are looking for ways to help and give. And all of a sudden there's this connection been made, which is kind of bringing the entrepreneurial people and the governmental folks together. Uh, That's kind of that's it's kind of been oil and water for a long time, but seems like in this uh, all hands on deck. I think this is going to be something that continues on in, in some regards. For a lot of years after this, I think there'll be a lot of good from it. So that's uh, that's good stuff. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's great. You've got a lot of work to do. Governor is going to put up the bat uh, light for you probably in the next 10 minutes here uh, <laughs> for you to come and do your next job here. Right, right. But I have a, cu- a couple of questions here. The Department of Homeland Security has designated real estate as an essential service because many people are in a position where they must buy or sell a home. Do you have any advice for the folks dealing with the pandemic and the, just a very uncertain market? from the consumer side and, and the real estate community that's trying to help them? You know, I do. And, and again, this gives me an opportunity to thank realtors in particular for a more recent directive that came out. My time is starting to get lost on me, but maybe in the last three weeks or so, we, we put out a new directive the governor did that talked about real estate and the sale of homes during this time period and restrictions that, that needed to go into place to, again, protect against improper social distancing and things of that sort. So open houses, for example, were, were limited. Um, and we worked specifically with the Realtors Association to, to develop language to still allow the virtual showing of homes uh, during this mm-hmm. time period. And, you know, it, it's just great to, uh, to go back to something you said a minute ago, to be able to work with organizations on a proactive and, and on a way that's beneficial to all Nevadans, including uh, our businesses. So, uh, But, yeah, to your question, um, you know, I think we're, we're all in new territory here. Uh, and with other natural disasters such as hurricanes or earthquakes, uh, we have an idea of what the devastation will be like and, and, and how a community um, w- um, will take to respond and to rebuild. Because the coronavirus is so novel, it's difficult to predict what the long-term effects are going to be in this circumstance, and so we're still learning on how to respond. 
I know a lot of real estate agents are offering, as I've indicated, virtual tours now and base FaceTime tours of homes and whatnot. And they're continuing to work remotely in order to buy and sell properties until it's safe to go back to the job site. You know, we're all having to make these adjustments to the way we work and how we run our offices uh, and business and our family lives. And, and again, uh, kudos to the Realtors Association, a local one, and, and I'm certain that national ones have also been doing this uh, to mm. find ways to work with government as we continue to try to cope with this pandemic. You bet. Well, we appreciate that. It has been inspiring to see the real estate community just stepping up and not just focused on, we're not focused on just making sales, but on serving and giving back and being there, a voice of value and connecting people. And um, uh, on a national level, we had uh, Shannon McGann, who's NARS advocate on on, on uh, Capitol Hill, just advocating for people in general, small business people and and how to support and then getting the information out to agents to try to support their customers. So it's been Trojan work all around. And so just as we finish up here, what advice do you have or message do you have to anyone out there who's struggling with this pandemic, whether it be they've lost their job, they owned a restaurant, their business is down. What encouragement do you have for somebody as we finish up here today? Yeah, look, if I can pass on a message to you know every Nevadan out there, every American, every individual and family out there that's struggling with their health or struggling with their finances or struggling in general through this uncertainty, I'd say uh, that our communities are working hard each day, doing everything in our power to get us through this. You know, we're all going through this together. And, you know, I'm reminded of my frequent trips to my local grocery store, Smith's, in town. And my wife sometimes will order the food for me to go pick up. You can put in and they will bring the food out to your car. And uh, this is one lady there. Her name is Kathy. Uh, and Kathy has on several occasions brought our groceries out. And the first time I saw her, she, she looked exasperated, right? She was tired. She had been working all day. This is at the beginning of the pandemic. And, you know, I greeted her and I thanked her for what she was doing. And she just opened up and began to share with me that I was at that point, one of the first in, the, in a while who had giving her some some pleasant interaction and it just dawned on me mm. that we all need to we all need to understand that, that we're going through this together be nice to each other you know there, there's mm-hmm. no need for us to compound the issues that we are experiencing right now by being nasty toward one another you know we know who the essential workers are now um and they're getting paid minimum wage uh, oftentimes mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. that's certain that that we recognize the work that they're putting in that the exposure that they're placing themselves in so that we can have the comfort quote-unquote comfort of, of being able to stay home for Nevada in this instance. You know, Franklin D. Roosevelt once said that if you come to the end of your rope, tie a knot <laughs> and hang on. Um, <laughs> yes, and and I'll, say, um, I'll, I'll quote him and say, we'll get through this and let's be nice to each other as we do it. You bet. And, and people are pulling together. And even when they're acting wrong, I don't know if you saw the story in Massachusetts where an ice cream store opened up after being shut for eight weeks. And they're doing the social distancing. So people are looking forward to their favorite ice cream store, but it's not the same as it was. They're socially distancing. It's taking more time. And people were pretty rough on this 17-year-old gal behind the counter. And they were giving her grief and yada, yada, and all this pent-up frustration that people feel. Well, at the end of the day, this gal quits. And the ice cream store owner goes, I'm shutting it down until you people are nice. Wow. And the story goes viral. And that gal... The local community put $30,000 into her college fund. Oh, my goodness. Sweet little African-American gal, you know, one of seven kids, busting her butt in this ice cream store, high schooler, and uh, people weren't treating her great. And then here's the rest of the community comes along and, and puts thirty grand in her college fund. And I, I think, to echo you, you know, we're all a little wrapped a little tight right now. And even yeah. when we get back to things we know, it won't be quite the same. We need to be patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. And we need to be patient. We need to be kind. We're all in this together. 
And I appreciate you. I appreciate you being on this with us today. I appreciate your story. I know we didn't get into it too much, but you're a guy that's just made himself into a real special performer and achiever, and you've devoted your life to public service. I'm a guy who came to America with 92 bucks in my wallet, and I went the entrepreneurial wow. route. The fact of the matter is, it's still America. It's still the best country in the world. Absolutely. It will be again. And we appreciate people like you holding the fort down, watching our backs, making the wheels of commerce go, and making, uh, keeping us safe on the legal side of things. So we really appreciate you and your team and what you're doing for Nevada. We're hoping to host a conference in Las Vegas as soon as they let us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Many people who've benefited from doing business in Vegas and in Nevada are looking to contribute back to that economy at some point in time. And, and as soon as you let us, we'll be there, okay? Brian, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much, man. Looking forward to seeing you. You bet. Look forward to seeing you in person. Thanks for being on our show today. Well, many thanks again to Dr. Ford. I don't know about you, but it's encouraging and comforting to know that there are extraordinary people like Aaron Ford behind the scenes there being the attorney general for the folks in Nevada. And he mentioned a number of programs connected for Nevada. Every state and province in Canada, these services exist. And so what I heard was go and find the 800 numbers of your state attorney general's office regarding these same issues and reach out and go on the websites of your state government and that these folks are here to help and that they have staff to help. And, you know, for me personally, I've never reached out to a politician in 33 years of living in America. But during this time, when the CARES Act was coming on and other issues going on, I've reached out and talked to a whole bunch of people in, in the political realm and in the governmental realm. And again, it's to connect and to advocate and to make sure that people are aware of things that are going on. And so, again, if any of the programs that we mentioned in this episode today fit your bill and you're not in Nevada, go to your local.gov and go and see the numbers that are there regarding the same issues that Dr. Ford brought up. So I hope you enjoyed this today. I hope it's beneficial. I hope you feel a sense of confidence and comfort to know there's people on the wall holding the spears that got our back. And I think that's a great thing. So let me finish up the way my mom always taught me to do. And that's uh, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, I hope we all know that even in the midst of this virus, God has us all in the hollow of his hand. We'll see you next time.